0: Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling secrets. secrets. Or does it?
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tuning into episode 158 of Car Selling Secrets. Uh, this is the final episode for those of you listening. And I posted it on Facebook this morning, and, and all four of the listeners responded. All four. Yeah, it was amazing. I think they had a sleepover last night. I think they
0: call that a hat trick. Yeah, that's right. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest?
2: Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer?
1: Well, we're going back in time in a way. You
3: bought a DeLorean franchise.
1: Not exactly. Mm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal.
3: So what's a 1995 Camry worth?
1: Deep sympathy. Mm. Mike, have you considered something
0: newer? Well,
3: I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
0: No.
1: It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at
0: Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course,
1: people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100.
0: Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150000 mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com.
3: Can I add something?
0: No. I want to talk about that a little bit before we get into uh,
1: a general discussion about life in general. Um, As most of you know, I was in Mexico for almost a month, and, and my wife and I were working down there, and it was sort of a trial for what retirement might look like. We love Minnesota. It's a great place to live. The winners, the older you get, the harder they are to take. So we thought, you know, if we can get away for four to six weeks somewhere, is that enough of a buffer that we can deal with December and January and February and, and part of March? So while I was down there, um, my real job, which was working for a spin-off software company, uh, it it really I I hadn't honestly been terribly happy for a long time. It was incredibly stressful. And I really wasn't, to be completely frank, I wasn't really cutting it. I didn't have the technical chops that I think the the job required. So I started, you know, I talked to my wife, and I said, like, I, I, I'm miserable. I don't want to do this anymore. And I haven't, you know, I I my tolerance for uh, stress is pretty high. I was in the, a retail car business for 30 years. That's It's not the bomb squad, but it's close. Um, so she said, well, why don't you just do something else? And I thought, you know. I'll probably just go back to Walzer. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I called my boss. We had a nice long talk, and I said, I, you know, I'm not, I don't have to leave uh, today or tomorrow or next week, but I, I do want to go. And he goes, well, let's let's uh, figure it out, and we'll we'll slide you out of the company in the next two or three weeks. So I started talking to uh, the Walzers, thinking that I was going to come back uh, and do a lot of the stuff that I'd been doing with you, Tom. You were kind of a big part of this um and you know paul is retired and i was talking to his younger brother and they're going through a lot of changes and and at the end of the day uh they decided that they didn't want to to do that so it was a really it was a really weird month and it still is really weird but uh, i i wish them the best It's it's uh it, it's a little bit painful it's a little bit difficult because they can s- still consider him family i had a great run with them but I think, as an employee, we all know at some point you're you're an employee, <laughs> you know. And sometimes things come to an end. You know this as well as I. I watched you go through the same thing last year, and I was the one calling you all the time to check in with you and make sure you were okay. And I can't tell you how much all those phone calls made when you would call me when I was in Mexico. And then last week when I when I get back to Minnesota, it's like, are you okay? What are you gonna do? Blah 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 blah. And it was it's it's great. It's. Uh, you find out who your friends are. This isn't the end of the world. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I just know, like you, I'm I'm not done working. I've got to do something. Right. Uh, Money is important, but it's really more uh, I think you need stuff to get you out of bed in the morning. And I'm not just ready to wake up at noon and chase my wife around and watch reruns of Judge Judy. I mean, someday that might be an appealing lifestyle, but not quite yet. So that's what's going on. A lot of people have been asking, where have you been? What's going on? That's the entire story, Morning Glory. What's new with
0: you? You mean me personally? Yeah. I just, you know, since I was an outsider in the whole thing, I was like the only person who wasn't involved in any of this or any of the talks or any of the rest of it. And I'm a bit upset that nobody asked me my opinion. I really am. Um, Because I loved working with you for 14 years. Look, I, it's their business. They can do whatever they want. I got, you know, yeah, I understand that's right. that. That's not a problem at all. But I, I just, I'm very, very surprised that nobody said so, Tom. Well, what do you think about this? But you know, they decided not to. What, you know, and I don't know. Paul and I have become friends over the years, Paul Walzer. Yeah. But I don't really know Andrew. I've met him, but I don't really know him at all. And uh, the other people, and I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it just. I will tell you this: it's a completely different world. This would have never happened this way twenty years ago. No way.
1: Well, everything changes, though. It really, yeah, it does.
0: does. I mean, no, but I'm, I'm just talking. I'm just talking about the world in general has changed. That's true. But let me ask you
1: this: three years ago, do you, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, thinking you'd be doing a live podcast for Hubbard three years ago?
0: Yes, I did. Really? Because I hated working at Cumulus. Okay, I literally hated working there. It, they they came in. When they took over, I had the highest-rated morning show in America. And by the time they were done, they have destroyed it. And, you know, I'm not real happy about that. They pulled all the support for it, brought in people I didn't really want to work with. Some of them I did, but other ones I didn't. I I just... The problem that I have, and Mike and I were talking about this on the the morning show this morning, is that politics has entered into everything now. Everything you do has a political bent to it. And I think that's a massive mistake: it's your it's a fault. huge mistake,
4: oh yeah,
1: I actually, I actually wanted to talk about that because it has to do with all three of you guys here. Um, when i listened, first started listening to the morning show, and I'm not one of these rabid fans that you know listen i I guess I did hear the Dan and Tom show a couple of times, but I didn't really start listening till probably about the second world series and okay. To be completely honest, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I've learned about what the program director did on the morning show, it makes sense now. I didn't, you'll, you'll probably get mad, but I didn't listen to the morning show because of you. I thought, this guy is a complete misogynist. He's not my kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason that I tuned in is because of the guy sitting right next to me, Mike Gelfan. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how does he survive with all these knuckle draggers? And he's throwing pitches over the plate that you guys aren't even seeing. I'm like... This is really funny shit. So, And it, was, I it felt wasn't was until way. years later that I realized that that was a management decision to make it political and, you know, push yeah. down to the right and get him out. And, and obviously my feelings about you have changed dramatically in the last 30 years. And, you know, we, when we started working together, we weren't friends. We knew we, who each other were, but that was right. yeah. all yeah. it was. But when we started working together, it's like, God, this, this is really a lot of fun. This it, is funny. Know, this is different.
3: And I learned a lot. Um, because of the strife we had internally, I learned that I am... And it really, it was hard to face up to the fact that I'm not a pundit. I'm just an entertainer. And that's what people wanted. And I wasn't giving it to them.
0: Yeah.
1: So did you you feel like uh, a man alone on that show in those days?
3: No, I was a man alone. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I was trying to give you a little room.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, for a while. But part of that, as I say, I mean, I... Look, I, I feel like I was nudged into it, but I also feel like, you know, I took the bait, and and that was a mistake on my part.
0: Well, yeah. I did, too, so it was a mistake on both our parts. Uh, you have to remember that when I was working there, my mother was an ardent Democrat. It was a different Democratic Party back then, too, I have to be honest with you.
3: Yeah, a different Republican um, Party, too. You know, everything yes. evolved. Yep.
0: It did. But Dave came to me and said, here's what we're going to do. Dave Hamilton was the program director. I said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, fine. Uh, it did get us to be the highest rated morning show in America. So it did work. There's yep. no question that it worked. But... Uh, What I love about it, the people who made the decision to do it took none of the shots, and that's how it always goes. (laughs) We're going to do this, and you're going to be the figurehead, so you're going to get the piss beat out of you, and nobody's going to even touch me. I just watched the
1: remake of All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a terrific movie, but at the very end, it's exactly what you're talking about to an extreme point. Uh, the armistice is going to happen at 11 o'clock in the morning of November 11th. Right. And at 10 o'clock, the German general tells him to go attack the French. And the guy, the protagonist in the whole show, gets obviously killed two seconds before the armistice is signed. That's It's an extreme example of what you're talking about. But, yeah, it's always yeah. the soldiers that take the shots.
0: I mean, my mother, like I said, ardent Democrat. She loved the Democratic Party. She would not be proud of them today, nor, I suppose, would my, my her cousin, my third cousin, Lamont Dean, who was a Republican, they, neither one of them would recognize their parties anymore. It's not the same way that it was. My mother and, and her f- favorite person in the world, Lamont Dean, would get together, uh, she's Democrat, he's Republican, never heard one harsh word. They would disagree about things, but it would be, well, I see your point. It was always, well, yeah, I see your point. That's not what I think, but I do understand your point. So all of a sudden, we get out here, and they're, they're going to do it. That's why when Dave said, uh, I didn't you know, realize it would go to the extreme where people would end up just, well, like you said, you called me a misogynist. Now that you know me, you know I'm the furthest thing no, from I, a misogynist. completely there different.
1: And, right. I, and, and honestly, I, I thought Mike was like just kind of a grumpy hard-ass. Well, and he is, <laughs> and so you I, found well, out I, you were he, right no, about he's a, that. He's one of the most sensitive, caring people I've ever met. Well, and I'm saying that just to that make far, him blush right? because I'm looking at him, and he's blushing.
5: He is
0: blushing. So,
1: yeah, but, you know, it's they don't fall for first impressions all the time, I guess, right?
0: No, it'll be fine. Like I said, the whole thing is a whole—it's a lot different. The world's a lot different than it used to be. Uh, and I, I do not like the fact that if I don't agree with you, I now hate you. It's like, what?
4: Yeah.
0: It's yeah. ridiculous. It's a ridiculous point to make.
3: Well, the, you know, the so. one thing I, I never said about Cumulus, or and, and, and I never even said it about Disney, although they were great— is that uh, the other day? I, I heard myself saying, "You know, these KSTP people—they really know what they're doing." Yeah. <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> no, they—they—they're really good. I, I listened to the show on the line. way in,
1: and I—it—it it, it sound You guys sound great. The production is good. The drops are great. Every, its professional, but it—it it still feels like you guys are having a good time doing it. And that was missing oh, yeah. the last couple of years at the. Uh, at the Elm Street bunker.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. But but it was nonstop. We're going to take this way. We're going to take this way. We're going to take this way. And when it doesn't work, we're going to blame you. Oh, okay, well, thank you. You're you're going to screw up everything we established, uh, take away all of our support, point to this, uh, you know, telling the world that I'm the one that fired so-and-so, was the biggest cheap shit move of all time, because I never fired anybody. Mike, you know this. Yeah. I never had the right or the power to fire anyone, but every time somebody got fired, they'd tell them, yeah, it was Tom's idea. Well, thank you so much, you dumb bastard.
3: No, you that's one thing. You did not want to be... You didn't want any part of that.
0: Of management? Yeah. No part. I wanted zero part of management. I still don't want to be a manager. And that's why I get along so well with Dan and Amy and Ginny and, and everybody. You guys manage it. You do what you do, uh, and I'll do what I do. I, I came across the street here, and it was like I had entered a different world. For Christ's sake, it's Cause a completely because I did. Yeah, you're right.
3: No, it's 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 so different, and and you know you really are a lucky son of a bitch. Because you had something most people won't get. You Catherine. Had, well, there's that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. But you, you, <laughs> you got that but right. you
3: got a complete reset.
0: Yes, I did. I absolutely did.
3: And, and you know, you knew what to do with it. So that, that was lucky, too, because, you know, you rarely get that when you reach a certain age. But this is just what's, what's going on now is totally fresh.
0: It is totally fresh. But I just, you know, then once again, I took a big, big financial hit leaving there because they owed me a lot of money. And yeah. I just walked away from it. I said, you go ahead. If you can, people to act like that. You go ahead and keep your filthy money. I don't need any, a dime from you, which I was lucky that I was in a position to do that. Most people are not in that position. It's just like I said people who go out of their way be, just because they're not the most powerful or the most popular person in the building they can't get over it and you're going to have to pay for that. I mean it's just stupid who cares about that? There are people as as you know uh, Doug just pointed out There were Mike Gell fan fans. There were Dan Culhane fans. There were Mark Rosen fans. And you go down the list of all the people that were ever there, they all had their own fans. Some of them like me and some of them didn't. But it didn't matter to me. Nobody likes Annie.
3: Yeah, nobody (laughs) likes Annie. That's (laughs) just a good son of a bitch. Uh, um, Sandy, I'm still working with him, you know, on his podcast. God, do yeah. you get money from the state? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just, you know, Poor Sanny. he, he gets along with everybody. He does. And, and, uh, you know, he and I, if we talk politics, well, we would disagree, but we wouldn't be throwing things at each other either. No, we no, have absolutely right
6: Joe on the phone. Joe. Mm-hmm. Doug, you're yeah, hosting Joe, you.
1: Come in, Joe. <laughs>
7: I'm here. Are you?
1: Yeah. Mr. Sprintall,
7: I didn't know you were
1: famous. Well, I'm, I, I won't be much longer. <laughs> I think I get about another
3: 70 minutes. <laughs> yeah. One thing I learned when I left the morning show, and that is that uh, fame is fleeting and obscurity is forever. That's right. Yep. Yep.
7: Yeah, but it Doug's true. a TV star.
1: Well, I haven't been on TV in a long... Well, oh, yeah, you're the one that dug that up, yeah. What's that? I'm on IMDb. Oh, I did one episode down in Wichita, a car called uh, House of Cars. It was run by a collector museum, and I did some smart-ass bit. The guy was pretending to buy a 57 Lincoln from us, and it was the time Matthew McConaughey was pitching Lincolns. Oh, sure. And I told the I knew that, I, that if I said the following thing, if you're interviewed on TV or movies or whatever, if you, if you ad-lib the right line, they'll always put it in. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not, we're not completely sure, but there is a strong suspicion that Matthew McConaughey was conceived in the back of the 57 Lincoln. And that, of course, made it into the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thanks for digging that up, by the way, Joe. I, you know, my, my stepson uh, Sarah's oldest is a huge movie fan, and in addition to being a teacher, he also runs a movie theater. And I told him I'm on IMDb, and you're not. One credit. <laughs> yeah,
7: well, it's one better, than better than none. Than none. Yeah, I actually, some of the stuff looking up crap for time. What? Remember when I was doing uh, trying to find the wiki page? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Well, we still need to talk about that.
0: We need to and talk about
7: interview. it. Yeah, I kind of have to interview you to correct things.
0: Oh, there are things on my. See, I don't go on any of that stuff. They, my Wikipedia page. I'm sure I'm a. I, I'm sure they love me over there.
7: Now well, it's. Uh, kind of a spotty record so to speak
1: and um just touched on a few things other than
7: that i'd hate to see you go
1: yeah me too um these things happen and you don't you never know what's going to happen in the future so maybe i'll be back in some form or fashion i'm really gonna miss doing this stuff because it's uh Honestly, um, this podcast was almost always the highlight of my work week because it's not really work. It's just having fun with people that you know, and it's uh, it's great.
7: Right. Well, a lot of people on Facebook are saying that it sucks you going because it was the highlight of their week.
1: Boy, uh, do See, I feel they, sorry for them. There is medical <laughs> help for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they invented something called Prozac. If your highlight of your week is a used car salesman, Go see a doctor. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for saying that, Joe. And, and I uh, really appreciate all the support over all these years. And everybody, if you, I, I'm not, I, I'm not done working. I'm just done working for Walzer. If you have car questions or whatever, you, everybody knows how to get a hold of me. I'm not very hard to find. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, and some of you have my uh, personal email. So. It's cool, keep reaching out. I'm you know, that's one of the things that makes this really frustrating. I only got three emails this morning from KQ listeners and podcast listeners asking for automotive advice. So it's like, yeah, you're kinda anyway. I'm not gonna get bitter. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> hey Andy, what Thanks, is the, the call in line if people want to call in?
6: That would be nine five two six hundred two five seven five. Wow. It's strangely hard to find on the internet. Huh. Yeah, we're going to have to do something about that. Okay. I tried so finding it that. last week. I couldn't find it. 952-625-75. What? Yep.
1: Call in for a free Corvette.
0: Oh, that's real <laughs> nice. That's really hey, nice. Hey, said I want
1: a be. Corvette. I'm here to pick it up. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> no, don't do that. Tonight. No, don't do it. <laughs> um... I, ha- I did bring some, I, some things in, so, you know, when you uh, uh, have suddenly a lot of free time, um, Sarah and I, my wife, who most of you know is a, just a really, really great singer, that's how I actually we met 20, mm-hmm. God, is it 20 years ago, a little more than that. Um, so we have a recording studio at home, and we've made albums in the wintertime to keep us from you know, swilling vodka and watching The Simpsons from December until April. It's That's a lot of fun, but four months is a little tough on the body. So this year, um, I said, why don't you pick out some covers that you want to do, but let's do really, really different versions of them. So I brought in two songs, and we'll play one now, and then maybe we can do one a little bit later. This first one is. Her version of a Ray Charles version of a June Carter Cash very famous song called "Ring of Fire." And if you've never, I mean, this her version I think is cool. No offense, honey, but Ray Charles is fucking great. <laughs> um, so this will. If, if this is patterned on Ray's version of it, it's uh, Andy. Do you have that queued up? Can you play it? It's about two and a half, three minutes long. Yep. So.
6: It's actually three and a half minutes long. All right. Well, Uh-oh.
1: we'll listen faster. <laughs> Thank you. And what you missed, Tom, was Mike's headphones went off, uh, and we just spent the last three minutes trying to figure out how to get headphones for him to work, so <laughs> he didn't hear any of it. But anyway, that's... Uh, why,
6: did is it, why did your headphones work? That's weird. The, they, they out, just, the wall yeah, outlet uh, has failed. So nothing over out. in that corner that's plugged in is working. Oh, well, that's great. James. Yeah, we should get that fixed, because when outlets do that, they can become dangerous. Can yeah, you hear so anything,
3: Mike? I... Can you, you can't hear me, can't I can hear you. you? Yeah, oh, okay. Um, I'm back then. Yeah, no, I, the, the headphones, it was really sort of vicious what happened because they just slowly died. Yep. <laughs> oh
4: so I kept God. turning the
3: volume up and up until I finally it's didn't like, hear anything. Oh, no, anything. my
6: hearing's finally going.
3: Yeah, well, it had to happen.
6: <laughs> One of these days. Well, how long has it been doing that? Uh, the outlet? Yeah. I first noticed it probably three weeks ago. So why didn't they fix it? I mean, I have no ability to do anything about it. Well, you can call Mike, right? Mike who? Mike Belsky, chief engineer. <laughs> yeah, Mike
0: Belsky. He'll come over. I mean, technically, no. I
6: can fix outlets. I just don't have the authority to Well, you also don't want to burn the building down and get blamed yeah, for it.
0: Yeah, you don't want
1: to do that, and you can't. You don't know where the fuse box is.
6: Yeah, that's the other thing. Is there's no fuse box in this office. Very strange. Well, there'd be well, one somewhere. It's just not yeah. in
1: here, and you don't want to be rewiring electrical sockets when the power is live. Another professional tip.
0: Um. Yeah, we'll get don't a hold of Mike Weber. Get electrocuted. Yeah. We'll, Number we'll one of, tip. We'll get a hold of Mike Weber over at over Hubbard and have him come and fix it. Um, well,
6: it's, it would be the um, managers of the building that would have to do it.
4: Yeah.
0: Oh,
6: the managers of the building have to do it.
4: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or you're, can you guys just go down there and
6: get... Oh,
0: that's true. Yeah. Couldn't you go down there after the show today and tell them to get off their ass and fix it? That's on
6: this floor, right? Do you just go to the left at the elevator?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's you go all the way around the horseshoe and it's right in front of the elevators on the other side of the building. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. I just don't really want you guys to burn to death. That'd be really nice. Well,
6: I mean, I unplugged the thing, <laughs> so it shouldn't do anything. It just, oh, okay. if someone tries to use it, then yeah. Once the. Uh, once those things have no grip left, it can cause sparks.
0: Yeah, you don't need that. That's what I'm saying. We don't need any sparks flying mm-hmm. in the no studio. No sparks. No
6: doubt about it.
1: Yeah, so it's the wireless headphone chargers that are in-op.
6: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think what That's I can plug them into a different outlet after this show. Yeah, I just I didn't know that thing had gone completely well, point, Mike as Mike's people would say
1: we just got done talking about what a great job Hubbard's doing.
0: They're <laughs> junk
6: just like the rest of them.
0: No, no they didn't do that, though. It's the I'm, building, I'm isn't kidding. it? You're right.
6: No, I just wanted to make sure. They came in. I'm, our yeah. headphones were working. Now they aren't. Yeah, now they're not. It's clearly a, a correlation here.
1: Fonny's artwork's now sitting in the corner. Everything's changed. It's, it's not terrible. on the wall anymore. What? Oh, well, I, I sure that, missed actually. the good old days. I know. Yeah, now we've got a window. Mm-hmm. It's terrible better when it was
6: dark. Let's move back into the Itasca building. Let's go. It's only $50,000 a month or so. Wow.
3: We could that go into Sandy's ends. studio.
6: Where does he record?
3: Well, he's got a little studio uh and it's like a, it's like in is it in YZ? Somewhere west. And uh it's interesting because it's uh, he's in this, uh, you know, some some office pod and mm-hmm. it really looks like section 8 housing. Yeah.
6: No, it probably it, used to be.
3: I think, I think Bob's <laughs> getting a good rate.
6: Mm.
3: Not Bob. No, you know, I mean, he's operating on a slim budget. But it works.
0: Good people. Yeah. I think it's good people on his show, I, so I, I, that's I,
1: good. I'm sorry. I'm parenthetically. Being, I'm, I'm being a millennial and reading my text messages when I'm supposed to be listening to conversations. Carl Franklin texted me, <clears throat> did Jimmy Francis sink the ship? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what did you it think of Jimmy? Jimmy? He had never really spent much time with him. Jimmy's a great guy. He's a very interesting. Person.
3: Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Yeah. You, I mean you can tell he's a he should be a politician on a bigger scale. It'd be nice. You well know? has
1: he told you his political ambitions? Because we've talked about it a lot. No. Uh, we, at one time, we wanted him and John Creasel to run for governor and lieutenant governor. They're mm-hmm. opposite yep. parties, but yep. they're both, you know, moderate. And if you talk to Jimmy, you really don't know if he's a Democrat or a Republican. No. Right. But Jimmy's goal is to become the lieutenant governor. He goes, it pays almost as well, and all you do is go to cocktail parties.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have another caller. We have Charlie in Albuquerque. Charlie, how are you?
1: Hey,
5: who is it? Who is it? Who is it? We know who it is. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I just heard you take my name in vain. What? Yeah, you said you don't need sparks around there.
4: Ah, uh, very uh-huh.
1: funny. Oh. Hey. Well, that was a long run for a short slide.
5: <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Hey, How are things in it be, uh, Albuquerque? It won't, last, it won't be the last time, Doug. Are you yeah, guys I'm doing good?
1: Are you in the spring season yet down there?
5: Well, the spring of deception you might say uh we we have uh trees flowering but then it snows on them and we're back to winter again so yeah anyway but it's all good and uh let's see i oh and this uh, you know speaking of my my real last name which is isn't albuquerque of course uh tom i never told you that the one and only radio conclave I went to up there in like 1978, I think it was. Um, I went to the uh, registration table to pick up my name badge, and they had my last name spelled Spanks. <laughs> 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 Charlie Spanks. That's Spanx. actually a
1: great morning DJ name. It's Charlie
4: Spanks in the morning. <laughs> Spanks in the morning.
1: That's right. Spanks and the gang.
5: Right. So anyway, that was. Uh, something that i wasn't
0: happy about at the time but it's kind of funny now so, i would have to agree with you. it is very funny as a matter of fact charlie you've been just a, one of those guys was joe calling in already this morning you calling in from albuquerque and people all the united states i got a text message uh, this morning from a guy in costa rica so he's having wow, a good crap. Time. <laughs> So I'm getting a lot of messages, let me put it that way. That's but, uh, Charlie, you got, you people are the ones that kept uh, you know, the, the previous show alive for so many years by supporting it no matter where you moved in the United States. You supported the show and this show, and I you know, I am quite grateful for that, I will tell you that. You also supported the vendors or the advertisers. Yes.
1: Charlie uh, came up from New Mexico to buy a Nissan Titan from our, uh, oh, yeah, that's I can't right. say yeah. it ours anymore, the Walzer Mazda store in, in Burnsville.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Nissan, Doug, I I was wondering if you wrote that copy on the latest uh, commercial.
1: You know, uh, actually, I think
5: Nissan Curious.
1: I think that was uh, Pat Eberts that wrote that, actually.
5: (laughs) That just made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah. So he he asked me about that. I said, "Um,
1: you'll probably get away with it. But just so you know, we started getting ratted out by some competitors last year and you have to get all your copy in a couple days ahead of time and get it through Nissan compliance otherwise they'll charge the store back and it went oops.
5: <laughs> oh boy.
1: So, yeah. Well, I thought it was funny though. That, it sounds like something I would have written even if you're it just does. Nissan curious. Yep. Those yep. compliance the- for the manufacturers take all the fun out of script writing, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's just All right, basically the ad now is a 45 second Financial disclaimer with fifteen seconds worth of boring copy, but Pat does a nice
5: job. That's it. Yep. Yep. And Mr. Gelfand quickly, Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, I think uh, you know, in the two thousand six, seven, eight era of the uh, the former show in Las Vegas, uh, I was the one that had delivered to you a bumper sticker that said "Eschew Obfuscation." If you
3: remember that. Uh, I, I was about to lie, but
4: <laughs> there you go. I
3: must have been distracted.
5: That's all I. I think say. you were. Yeah, because that, that's like great. I time. love it. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway, Doug, great to be a former podcast guest of yours. That's right. And uh, and uh, good luck to you and uh, all your adventures.
1: Thank you very much, Charlie. Appreciate the support. Thanks for calling.
5: You bet. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Bye. Tire Carver, you can call
6: in again if you'd like. I got to the phone just one second too late. Yep. There you go. What you know what's amazing? That's uh, the headphone situation. You know what's
0: amazing to me at this point? Because it's so funny. Human beings try their best, but there's something that triggers in our brain. I don't care if everybody's trying to really sound solid, but there's some damage in every voice I've heard so far this morning. Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? Whether it was Joe or Charlie or whatever, there's some damage to them emotionally or whatever. Uh, Me, Mike, Andy, everybody, you obviously, Doug, but you try to get past all and go, oh, you know, we'll just move on from here. But... um, it, it's going to be very painful not to walk in uh, that studio in you know next couple of weeks or whatever, and there's no Doug. It's that's way too weird.
1: For yeah. Me. Well, shit's really weird for me. <laughs> well,
0: but, you can uh, still do it. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe
1: know. it will. I, you know, you never know what the future is going to be. I just it's. You know, I watched you go through the same thing last year, Tom. Yeah.
0: Uh, yep. Probably
1: to a to even a greater degree because, I, I mean, you just had an incredible run there, but we all knew you were just effing miserable. Oh, God, um, it was horrible. And didn't know how it was going to work out, but I, it's from the sounds of it, things worked out great. And I'm just... So far, you know, so good. Yep. looking at, yep. I don't know what the next step is. I've got some feelers out, and I've sent in a couple of applications. And I applied for a job yesterday that I just woefully underqualified for, but I think it would be just cooler than hell, is uh, PR and crisis management for Target. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I like it. And I actually, you know, I did a lot of that stuff for Walzers back, uh, you know, in the early 2000s. <laughs> actually, from about 15 years, I I did all the live uh, TV and the radio interviews. Anytime something went wrong in the car business, these guys should show up all the time. It's like, you know, you can actually turn this into free marketing if you know what to do. Because newspaper and TV people, they get sent out to cover these stories, and they really don't know much about what the story actually is. So the way it is, they'll sit down with you for 5 or 10 minutes beforehand, ask you a few things about what it is, and then they just sort of repeat it, And they always ask you a question at the end of an interview, which is, is there anything else that you'd like to add? And if you have something stored up, that's when you can turn it into basically free marketing. We pissed a lot of the Luther people off back in the recession by turning those into ads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They call up and go,
0: how did you get on Channel 5? That's
1: bullshit and that's advertising and i said no it's only advertising if you paid for it that was free
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's word of mouth now
1: but uh, it's been a great run and whoever thought that we could have done something so unique that it really resonated with people i think that's you know it was uh I, i know that you don't have many fond memories of cumulus in the last 10 years but After they kind of said, all right, you two can just run wild and we'll see what happens. If if they hadn't done that, this wouldn't have happened. You know, they'd kind of looked the other way. And I think a lot of it was because you were so much behind it and they didn't want to F with you, quite honestly.
0: Well, Um, it was you and Alan and me. Yeah. That's who it was. We all said, we're not doing your. They came in right away 10 years ago or whatever it was, and here's what we're going to do with Walzer and here's how it's going to go. And he used as an example, this would have never worked in Poughkeepsie. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it would never work in Poughkeepsie? Who cares? Some of the dumbest human beings I've ever met. I will tell you that. I, I'm A couple of great people, I, I will be honest with you. Mike McVeigh and I, he was my boss for yep. several years. I think the world of that. Man, I love the guy. He's a great guy. Uh, and after that, she falls rather short. Let me put it that way. <laughs>
6: We have Tire Carver on the line. I love it.
1: Tire Carver, oh. how are you?
6: Hi ho, hi ho.
1: I guess I'm honored to be one of your last guests on this Thursday show. Yeah. <laughs> know, that's something that'll probably wind up on your headstone.
8: <laughs> oh boy, that's something to look forward to. <laughs>
1: Thousands of years from now, what's a Tire Carver and what's a podcast and why are there secrets? <laughs> Because we like it that way. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, for you, you've really, uh, it, it's very touching to hear from people that, that listen. And I always, I, as you know, I would kid Tom all the time about and guests would come in and they'd say, can I swear? And I'd said, yeah, because this isn't really hooked up to the internet. This is just therapy for Tom. We're actually all
4: psychiatrists. <laughs>
1: there so you can go. say whatever you want, but, uh, but, but people like yourself and Charlie and uh, and Joe, you know, that, that I know are out there listening every week. I think it's really cool, and it's uh, it's – i I'm not a radio person, but I, but I can kind of get a feel for what it must be like because you're in a room just with a couple of people, and are people really paying attention? Are they really hearing? And then when they call in and they talk about stuff or post it on Facebook, it's like, wow, people are paying attention to this. This is cool. Just a few of us. Yeah, well, <laughs> just a few of us. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah, so far it. Well, believe me, uh, Andy and uh, and I and several people over at Hubbard look at the downloads, and it's more than four. I will tell you, yeah, no, it's doing pretty well. Anyway,
6: Car selling secrets was always one of our more popular uh, episodes. Don't tell them that. Well, what's he gonna do about it now? It's over. It's
1: over. Just well, the funny thing is, we maybe
6: he'll be working for Hubbard.
1: Well, you never know. Uh, Stranger things oh, have I happened. I love I am sure love they're, that. they're looking for a lot of. 64-year-old former used car salesman to go on TV and talk about, you know, low-pressure systems.
3: Well, you know, if you get desperate, (laughs) the schools are hiring. They are. Yes. Okay. That's right. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. No, look, one thing that I should point out here is that whole time we're talking about, and yes, I did not care for working for Cumulus. From day one, it was a massive pain in the ass because I had to meet with Doug and Alan from Walser. Because the guy (laughs) knew nothing about it, but he was going to come in and change everything. The guy was an imbecile. I'm sorry. He, first of all, he looked like Mitt Romney, Yeah. which was a pain in the ass. And secondly, he had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And I've Not never seen
1: clue. Alan, who was he's one of my best friends, oh. and he was the marketing director. I've never seen him get pissed before. So Pete Frisch had just gotten fired, who was the GM at KQ. everybody I've never met a radio person that everybody likes. And I know Pete, we run into a- each other socially. He and Peter Bourne are good friends, so the three of us will get together and hang right. out. And Alan just was pissed that they'd fired him. So he just, you know, sitting here at this nice client lunch, blah 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 <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just comes, doesn't even give the guy a warning, just comes right off the top rail. Yep. We like Pat, we love Tom. We love Pete Frisch. You suck.
3: Live spots, or we're walking. Well, Pete Frisch, you know, uh, he, he is a great guy. Yeah. Everybody likes him. Love but Pete. but But let's face it, he was hired to be fired. You think that's, so? That's yeah. the way corporations work. Yeah, you're right. Hire him, make him do all the dirty work, then fire
0: him. Yeah, yep. That is correct. So, I don't know. We'll slog through, will we not?
3: I think what you're saying, Tom, is that there's a dark cloud over Cumulus. <laughs>
0: Now, what I'm saying is this,
3: and it's, you know, I
0: mentioned that earlier that he did this, that, and the other thing, but there was another corporate guy making some decisions uh, saying, well, I just don't think that'll work. You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You have no clue. That'd be like like me calling up Andrew and saying, you know, uh, I don't like the way you're running Walzer, so I'm going to come over there and start running the joint. Can you imagine me trying to run a a bunch of car dealerships? It would fail miserably right? Because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But by the same token, other people step up and go, oh, that won't work. You're a moron. You have no idea what you're talking about at all. Because when you take downloads from digital shows and compare them to uh, the guesses they make over on the radio side, I mean, it's not even close. Basically... For every download you get, because it's intentional listening, it's 100% intentional. Do you know the value of that compared to a guess that somebody's making in Atlanta about who's listening? Because it's all a guess, by the way. Right? Yeah, you're right. So, how you're an expert on some I have living proof how many people download this show every day, and it's getting big. And thank you to everybody. Uh, for the morning show and this show because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger am i andy am i lying every week it's getting bigger yeah there's some definite growth so for somebody to step up and go all of that won't work it's like you have no idea what the hell you're talking about why are you even opening your yapper and it's a good thing i still don't drink because i'd shut it for (laughs) (laughs) it's uh you know it's It's amazingly easy. I
1: downloaded the app a while ago, and I I was listening, driving over here. I'm like, I'm going to tune into the show and hear what's going on. I knew Mike was on today. And it's as easy as listening to your car radio. Everybody can stream their phone through their car these days. Yep, absolutely. just hit the button and hit listen. One
6: person can't.
1: Well, there's always... (laughs) Me. There are people that can't operate a radio, too, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I don't know if that's a great demographic for people trying to sell automobiles. That's true,
6: yeah i struggling
1: often, with an AM radio, but tell me much, about the new Belch 6. How much <laughs> longer do you thing.
6: think radios are going to be in cars? Uh,
1: well, AMs are already phasing out. Yeah, they're all already, uh, yeah, a part lot of, of cars that, can't it, get and it. Part of that, because my wife bought an electric vehicle last summer, and I was going to tune in CCO for some reason. I don't remember what I was going to listen to, but, like, how do you, where's the AM on this thing? And this car is so complicated. I right. spent 15 minutes with a manual to find out that there's no AM radio. Apparently that's fairly common with electric vehicles because there's so much electromagnetic interference with AM frequencies, they just don't work anyway. Yep. But I hear that other manufacturers are starting to phase them out too, so it's, it's weird.
0: Well, the biggest problem that they have, and it's not everybody, it's, it is most of them, however, uh, and a high percentage of most of them, radio's not going to be around much longer other than companies like Hubbard because yeah. they have no debt. You cannot be in a business like that and have billions of dollars in debt and survive. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Works
1: out pretty well for the federal government. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they get all the cool stuff. <laughs> exactly.
6: Armies, right.
1: ships, Look, and I'm, shit like that.
6: Yeah, I think the days of uh, some guy buying a radio station and starting an empire are a little over. over. You know, yeah, the, no the guys,
1: over. and you probably are aware of this, but... WDGYs WDGY carved out a little bit of a niche with uh, classic oldies on a little AM station. And, hmm. and they're doing pretty well. A lot of the retired DJs are doing guest spots on there. Oh, you WDGY? Know, they yeah.
0: No, their numbers aren't
1: huge, but they're kind of they're, they're making it. Huh. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just a fun project for people that have been in the business for a long time.
6: Well, once it's established and everything, and especially with an AM antenna, the operating costs are actually quite low. You know, aside from the electricity bill oh, the yeah, antenna, no. that's basically yeah. all there
3: is. That's the thing. Radios like stealing. But somehow the the people who own all the stations have figured out a way to go broke. I know. It yeah. is interesting, yeah. isn't
6: it? It's like, yeah, you just uh, you got to pay the electricity bill every month, and yeah. that seems to be too difficult.
1: Well, iHeart so. was dumb enough to try to go after Ticketmaster and take over the the rock ticket business. That was uh, That's what sank them, wasn't
0: it? I believe so. Yeah, that was back when
1: they were clear channel, right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was clear channel. It's now iHeart. Well,
3: AM radios, I think, before its complete demise, will be mostly a religious platform. Probably. Well, talk
6: is the only format that really works at all on AM, and that's been the case for 20 years at least.
3: Yeah.
1: Something about listening to a baseball game on an AM radio, though, is. Oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah. There's something nostalgic about that. Oh yeah. It's like listening to a vinyl record. Yeah. That's why I used to love John Gordon, because he never told you what was going on. But if you listen to enough baseball games, you know what's going on just by the sounds of the crowd. That's right. The (laughs) ball hitting the glove glove of the catcher, you know. So he really sort of made an art form out of it. And plus you got the scores from all the minor league teams. Yeah, You didn't get the score of the game you were listening to.
0: Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time
3: in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise.
1: Not exactly. Mm -hmm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels. And used car prices are returning to normal.
3: So what's a 1995 Camry worth?
1: Deep sympathy. Mm -hmm. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well,
3: I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
1: No. Sure. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer.
0: I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program.
1: Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year and we took back less than 100.
0: Amazing upfront pricing, a 350,000 mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to Walzer.com.
3: Can I add something? No.
0: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the
2: latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy if I'm hanging out with
2: you. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
1: Um, I think that we uh, baseball fans know that uh, uh, the Saints got sold last week.
3: Yes. Yep, they did. Oh, yeah.
1: And I, I've got to know Mike Veck actually has been on Car Selling Secrets a couple of times. And he's yep. just a wonderful guy. He's a good guy. Uh, and I there's a story. Um, there's a band from the early 90s called the Gin Blossoms. They had, sure. Their first yep. album was phenomenally popular, very successful, great rock songs on there. Um, They won an Emmy for that, and before they uh, did their second album, the guy that, well, not the lead singer, but the guy that wrote all the songs, and if you listen to them, they're really dark, they're pop music, but it's about drinking too much and being lonely and stuff, died of uh, alcohol poisoning at, like, 27.
3: Oh. So the Gin
1: mm-hmm. the Blossoms won a Grammy, and the guy that wrote all the great hits died. That so is the,
3: kind of ironic, they, isn't
1: it? So the title <laughs> of the album, which is what I texted Mike Vec, was, Congratulations, I'm Sorry. Yeah. And he goes, That's a really cool reference. Thanks.
3: It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the story of Vec's life, yeah, too. Yeah, that, it is. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my good friend Neil Carlin uh, wrote a great book about the Saints. he co- mm-hmm. he, he he'd spent a year with the Saints. He wrote a book called Slouching Toward Fargo. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a great title. It is a great title. For those title. that don't know, it's a play right. on slouching towards Fargo. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that was the year when uh, Jack Morris and, uh, and, and Daryl Strawberry were with the Saints. So it's. I mean, he did pick the right year, yeah. And I, I recommend it to everyone. I get a small cut of the,
1: of the I, I, proceeds. I, that sounds like right up my alley. I'd love
3: to read that. Yeah, no, it, it it is great, seriously. And I I want to get Neil to come on someday and talk about the Saints.
0: Absolutely, because I, I, I know too. he'd
3: love to, and he's very, you know, he's 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 still a good friend of, of Mike Vex, and uh, I think he uh, he knows Bill Murray pretty well. Oh I,
1: yeah, I. Sometimes when I get arrogant, I think I'm a pretty good storyteller, and then I hang out with Mike Beck for an hour and say, <laughs> "Yeah, it's, you're just a rookie." <laughs> he's, right? a, he's a
3: great storyteller. Comes by naturally. Yeah, he does. Too. Yep. His old man uh, could tell a few good stories. I don't oh, like. I, I didn't like Bill Beck, by the way. Bill Beck was oh, the didn't? guy who made a circus a circus out of a midget, and I really can't forgive him for that.
0: I understand what you're saying. That was he what 1943.
3: About that, yeah, yeah. So what Mike's talking Eddie, about? Eddie Eddie was it? Eddie Gaydell was the, team? Was was the, it was the midget. City? Uh, I think it was wasn't it the was I thought it was yeah I think it was Kansas City because so, that yeah. was before Chicago.
1: Professional baseball. Mike Vex's dad was the general manager. Mm-hmm. Hired a midget. Yeah. to play in the major leagues. Nobody could strike him out because his strike zone's about four inches high. You know. Yeah,
6: he was on the St. Louis Browns. Okay, well, uh, the Browns. Nineteen fifty-one. Oh, yeah. Wow, it was fifty-one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we got the uh, Mike and I got the um, um, Century correct, but and, and little else.
3: Well, Vec was associated with I think three different major league teams, but yeah. best known for the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, and so he would do a lot of crazy stuff there and, and too, but yeah, he he thought it'd be really funny. Everyone would would laugh at the midget, yeah. and the midget was just looking for a payday. Yeah. Eddie didn't care. But he does say in the book that uh, that he told Eddie Gaedel that if he swung, he would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy was a human being yeah, after all.
6: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Remember what his uniform number was?
3: Uh, Three, was one half. I, I was about to say that. Yeah. One eighth. Yeah. Oh one wow. Eighth. Oh, yeah, one God. eighth. Even worse. Oh, good Twelve guy. and a half percent.
6: Good. Yeah, one eighth is. Uh, <laughs> he'd have to be pretty short to be one eighth. But he was actually. He was. Uh, Three foot seven. He wow. was short, but he wasn't like you know incredibly so.
3: He only weighed oh. sixty pounds. Yeah,
6: that's
3: what I weighed when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade.
0: Mm. You know what I'd love um, to do with this. I'm gonna juncture? cut you off, so I gotta go. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
1: Uh, Those diuretics no will do it to you. Thanks for calling in. No problem. I miss you, Dougie. All right, man. See you later, Dougie.
0: Damn it. No, I mean look. That talking about that just cheered me up because at least one thing did happen. I was never told by Cumulus that I had to wear one eighth on my jersey. <laughs> so actually, comparatively, no. Again, the the. the I'm going to turn this at least my part of it. I'm not going to tell you guys what to do, but 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 when noon hits, which is in eight minutes, we have a half hour left in the show, and then I'm gonna start talking about all the wonderful things that happened over the last 14 years hmm. because that's what all I give a rat's ass about, yeah. you know what I mean uh, All the great things that did happen, it, it just it wasn't going to last forever. We knew that. there's no nothing does. About it. The only thing I will say about this, and it's 30 seconds. All of this, what happened to me, what happened to Doug, was very, very political, and it was your guy's outfit that caused all the problems. I would just love to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like to chirp all the time about being on the right side of the argument. Well, not in these two cases you weren't. I can promise yeah. you that. This woke bullshit is out of control, and it needs to be uh, well, dialed well, We've
1: back. talked about this a million times, but I, I and I just was talking about it a friend with a friend this morning. I blame a lot of this on Al Franken. Now, Tom, I know you're not an Al Franken fan, and he was can be nope. arrogant. He's a really smart guy, but when he walked away from the U.S. Senate over that photograph, mm-hmm. it, it all it did was fuel the fire. Yeah, well, I
3: agree. And you know, same thing. The same thing, uh, same thing true uh, with Keeler. Yeah, that's right.
0: I talked to Garrison about a month ago. I'm still trying to get him on the morning show. So far, he he's not real fond of the idea. Let's <laughs> call you that. You know, again, that was the funny thing about it, because I think it might have been Don Shelby that brought this up to me, because I was talking about the people I had talked he, he goes, what have you been doing? I said, ah, I've been on the phone with this guy that guy and all the rest of it, or I've been, you know, text messaging and whatever. He said, does anybody ever notice the fact that they think you're this hard, right, blah, 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 You bring in Don Shelby to take your place when you're you're gone on a Thursday and Friday. Don's not exactly the most uh, conservative guy on earth you may have noticed. Garrison Keeler's a friend of mine. Uh, Not as close as Don. Uh, Don and I are really good friends. Really, really good friends. Garrison I've admired for years and years. Not exactly your hard righty either. I mean, we keep going down the list, and he did that. Talking about that, I enjoy all people. I don't give a rat's ass what your political party is. If you go way over the top with it, then that's one thing. But calm down with this. You're a Democrat. You're a Republican. I got no problem with you. If you're a nut job that ruins people's lives, I hope you drop dead.
1: So that's good, isn't it? I have a confession. I loved Prairie Home Companion. I listened to that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of
1: all the time. You know, it was a. And you guys are in radio, so you understand. It's a live show with a full band, and the audio production's perfect. And Absolutely. local talent Local too. talent. It sounds like you get headphones on, you're listening to a record, and his, he is such a good writer. You might not agree with him politically, but I always thought that that show was like a. It's almost like a Sunday church service because yep. the monologue was. It was just like a sermon. And he always had a point, and he and he made it in kind of a really great down. I thought he was incredibly talented, and I loved that show. The music, the music alone was worth tuning into.
0: Well, another thing, the people he picked, like Tim Russell, have a lot of talent. God, man. that guy's
1: funnier than hell.
0: Tim is Tim is a wonderful guy too. I tried to hire Tim to be on the, the KQ morning show. You know, many, many, many Did years ago. Did you really? Ago. Yeah, because he was with CCO hi-
1: forever, right?
0: Yes. Yep. I tried to get him to hire when he went from the. What, the AM to the FM, I think, is when it happened? Yeah. I don't remember what it was. But I, I tried to get uh, them to hire Tim Russell as my, my sidekick when they decided to let Dan go, um, and they wouldn't hire him. I'm like, do you know how much talent this man has? What a nice man, the man this guy is? He'd be the perfect pick, and they just wouldn't do it.
1: And let,
3: let me just say this Thank you, Tim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the bits they used to do all the time was. He and a woman named Sue Scott, who was a cast member on Prairie Home, right. would play Garrison right. Keeler's parents. And she was like a typical doting mom. And then he'd get on the phone, and she's like, Oh, here, talk to your father. And Tim Russell would go, Hi. How are you? <laughs> that was it. We wouldn't even talk to him. It was perfect.
0: Timmy. I haven't seen Tim in a long time. I used to work with him all the time doing voiceover, but I haven't seen him in a long time now because I'm not much involved in that world anymore either you people screwed that up for me, too. But in any case... <laughs> Are you talking about through. the Jews?
3: Yes! That's I didn't know which you people you. you were
0: talking about. I was talking about you people. Oh, okay. It's
3: the Jews, but it's the Orthodox Jews. I just want to make that clear. Okay, boring. all right. <laughs> Yeah, very
0: nice. <laughs> you pain in the ass. Somebody's going to believe that now and print it in their newspaper. Tom goes after
6: the Jews. Uh, well, I, I heard the Anne Frank bit this morning. I was almost yeah. drove
4: off
3: the road. Yeah, that, that could get me in trouble. But.
6: <laughs> you know, Dad, as I understand it, you're wearing mixed fabrics right now. What do you have <laughs> to say <laughs> about that?
3: Do you know that the first phone call I got after I started out on the morning show was from the Anti-Defamation League.
0: Oh, I know, yeah.
3: That's the yep. first phone call. The head of the Anti-Defamation League, local chapter, said, Mike, you're fanning the flames. Oh, boy. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not. I'm just like being a person, you know. Yeah. And no, no, I had to stop. He said, he said what are you? What are you? Are you a Jew or are you a, a, a second-rate entertainer? I said, second-rate entertainer. Yeah, and that's (laughs) a promotion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a second-rate entertainer. I'm going to change the the number on my
1: door. I have
3: it on my business card. Cross out
0: the three and write two. (laughs) Sure. Okay, so let me ask you a question about that, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. My morning show that I had over at the Q had the very first uh, acknowledged Jews on the show, you and Mark Rosen. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Spanish people. We had... uh, uh asian people on the show we had two black people on the show uh what how in any way shape or form could you decide that that show was racist but you know what i'm proud of are you
3: the thing i really am proudest of is that you had the first person who talked openly about being depressed yeah that's exactly right it's fashionable now but back then, yeah, yep, nobody yep. ever came on the radio and said, yeah, I'm a depressive. You know, I've been most of my life. Look what happened and to you Eagleton. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: there That's right, Thomas Eagleton. You know, just a quick side note. I, I went to an, what's, is an optometrist and eye doctor,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Or Not an ophthalmologist. An ophthalmologist.
1: Mm-hmm. And we started talking about that for some reason. His father was a psychiatrist and was the one that gave Eagleton oh, wow. shock treatments. I'm yeah. Like, Whoa. That was back in the day, world. by
3: the way, when electroshock was electroshock. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true right. because that, you I mean, oh, I know. and I can tell you my brother, when he was uh, 19, had electroshock. And uh, he was pissed off till the day he killed himself.
5: Yeah. So
1: those that are uh, under a million years old and don't know what we're talking about, in 1972, George McGovern was the Democratic candidate running against Richard Nixon for the presidency. And McGovern picked this guy named Thomas Eagleton to be his vice president, his, his running mate. Well, you know they they dug out dirt that back then, just like they do now. And what torpedoed the entire campaign was they found out that Eagleton suffered from depression. Yeah, it was right. enough to, and yeah. it, it, he might not have won regardless. But that was, that was he uh, had to go though. That he had to go. I mean, it did the what that campaign did, what Sarah Palin you could argue did to um, uh, John McCain.
0: Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. Oh, we've reached the noon hour. It's 12 o'clock in the Midwest. So now let me open this half hour, if you wouldn't mind, with gratitude. 14 years of working with Doug Sprinthal has been a... It's turned out to be a dream, Doug. And I I know we still have a half an hour to go, but you're going to have to suffer through this tough titty. I'm going to start crying. I got a friend for life out of this whole deal so thank you to Walzer Automotive for that. I have two friends for life because Paul Walzer and I have become very good friends and I think the world of that man too so now I'm up to two friends got some acquaintances there and look I'm talking about the JLOs of the world and there they have a lot of people that I really like that work for that company you allowed me to work with Doug Sprinthal for 14 years going on 15 it's pretty close to 15 now isn't it Doug? I think you're right Yep, yeah. <laughs> pretty close to 15 so We did something nobody has ever, ever done before. Um, Doug came on, and by the time we were done, those commercials, those one-minute commercials they paid for, were 10 minutes long. (laughs) 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 Which was never... I used to get calls from New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. What are you doing? You're destroying the business. I said, what are you talking about? You can't run 10-minute commercials and only charge for one minute of it. I said, actually, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Uh, so that's one thing I would say, well, it goes far beyond one thing, but my children have gotten to know Doug Sprinthal. My wife adores Doug and his wife. I mean, 99% of what has happened here, I don't, I just love it. We, we became friends. I mean, we spent time on the road. Doug would come on the appearances. We would go out to dinner, Paul and Doug and I just went to dinner at Layla, which I just love. Um... What about two months ago? Is that yeah? About right I think there? it
1: was a uh, couple weeks before I went to Mexico, so it was a couple months back.
0: Yeah, and we'll do that again. So, so I'm taking away a lot of friendships from this whole deal. It's just a, one of the problems that I do do have with the whole. Now, you know what? I'm not going to talk about the problems. I already talked about the problems. Things have gotten way too political for me, and I'm taught everything's based on politics, now. and I mean everything is based on politics now. You left out so, one guy, and he's going to be pissed. Who you met Tom Ryan. Oh, no, I wasn't going to
1: leave Tom out. i I I got to tell you a story about him. It'll just take a second. So Tom is a car nut, and he's been on the show a few times. He's the guy that told the story about um, uh, Harper Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really an interesting guy, great storyteller, masterful salesperson. And he's got this deal where he buys Ferraris. He'll buy them brand new, keep them for a couple years. And you think, oh, guy's driving around Ferraris. So well, he actually makes money when he sells them. It has to do with how Ferrari prices their vehicles. So, you know, things are a little different right now. He's got one on order, and he goes, God, I just I got stuff going on. I don't feel comfortable just writing a check. And I said, well, why don't you call Mike Bilski? He goes, okay. Oh, there you so go. So we called Love up Bilski, and he goes, uh, would you do this? And he goes, yeah, how long do you want it for? And he goes, eh, four years. He goes, okay, done. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> Which I
1: love. Yeah. I it was a great story. I thought it so. Anyway,
0: no, it is a great story. There's no question about that. And there are all those things. That's why, Doug. There's no way that we're just going to go. Well, I'll never see you again. That's not going to happen. There's, it's you never friendship. know what's
1: going to happen. That's. Uh, um, I, I. I don't know what, what I'm going to be doing, but in two or three months, it'll be a little bit clearer. I think.
0: No, I think you're probably. Right. By the way, I just got a text message from someone in the business. Because I, you know, we brought up earlier that, that podcasting is intentional listening. You listen to it because you want to listen to it, whereas if you're wearing a meter and get in a car and the radio happens to be on, it'll say that all four of you are listening to it when none yeah. of you are listening to it. Uh, he did the stats for me. He said these stats are very, very accurate. And, Andy, you do this kind of thing, too, so let's see if you agree. Um, I, I don't want to talk about specific numbers because I don't want to you know piss anybody off that whatever but because podcasting is intentional listening and radio is sometimes intentional sometimes not it's about a 4 to 1 ratio for every person that listens to a podcast there's about 4 people that have to listen to the radio to to draw equal to that and he did point out to me because he saw the numbers from yesterday all the way back to uh, February 20th I guess it was was the first show wasn't it I think it was February 20th yeah it sounds right He says, basically, when you do that that ratio of podcasting to radio, I have as many listeners on this podcast as I did on the morning show. Wow. He said, you're even, and you're going to pass them by in the next two weeks. You'll have more listeners than you did when you were on the queue.
1: Hey, hey, Tom, can I I interrupt for a second? I'm seeing the, the studio light flashing another caller. This guy um, has been a loyal listener since day one. He's also a car guy. He's uh, a mechanic. He works at a GM dealership down in uh, in Wisconsin. Are you there?
6: Hello? Uh, all right. He's on. Nice bit, Doug. Sorry. Uh, Emil,
0: are you he there? He interrupts my story. I am. Oh, he's there. There he is. I
8: am. I had to call in one last time, I guess.
0: Well, you didn't
1: have to, unless you get paid to do it.
3: Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not. I think he's calling from Mars. No, <laughs> Kenosha, far enough. Oh, yeah, same thing, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. What's going on, yeah. bud?
8: Nothing. I just seen your post this morning, and I'm like, it can't be.
3: Well, you know,
1: the Beatles broke up, and they all survived. Well, actually, only two of them did. <laughs> no,
3: they didn't. <laughs> I mean, no, they didn't, Doug. <laughs> I'm going to run for my life.
8: So much for trying to get a job at Walters, I can say I work with Doug.
3: <laughs> the,
1: that 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 will still get you in the door. So if you ever decide <laughs> to move back to Minnesota, that's uh, you you know how to get a hold of me, Emil. And I are we I appreciate. Who here? It. Introduce yourself, caller.
8: Emil Brokish from Kenosha via New Prague.
1: God, I love it. Emil's called so a nice. couple. Of, it's it's been because oh, he, yeah. he 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 repairs cars. It'll He's been a, a mechanic. While. So he's usually working when the show's on, but I
6: think he listens a lot. He's live. in the yeah. chat basically every day, yeah. so there's that. Amel, yeah, many
8: times. It. The, it's faster to chat than it is to make a phone call. And yes, it away is. Yep. Get away from the noise and everything. Mm-hmm. I that's finally why I a got some though, for Tom. There you go. I, I
0: can finally tell Emil this to his, well, not to his face, but to his ears. My mother's father, my grandfather's name was Emil, and he might have been the biggest prick I ever met <laughs> in my life. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I try to be the anti.
0: <laughs> yeah, the anti. You're the anti Emil. <laughs> exactly.
8: Yeah.
0: Oh God, what a prick that man was. Woo! But Emil, you you support yeah. the show. It's people like you and yep. Tyre Carver, and you run down the whole list of people that called it. You guys are amazing.
8: Yeah, I, the first commercial I remember of Doug was the they got to go down to the IT department with the propeller heads and get them some Dr. Pepper and Doritos.
1: <laughs> well, that was a long time ago of a great memory. Yeah, was. I
8: love those. That's my, and Then I would look forward to Doug's every morning on my drive-in. It, it'd usually come around my drive-in. And if I didn't get it, like, I'd feel a little bit like, oh, there was something missing this drive-in this morning.
1: Well, stay in touch. You never know what's going to happen in the future, and I really do appreciate your support over the years. And you, you just, I'd love to meet you someday. If you're ever up in the Twin Cities, you yep. know how to get a hold of me. So. Yep. Thank you very yep. much. And, One Tom, other I'm other sorry years. I, I, I stepped it. on your story, so I'll shut up. This is well, why no, I, I, I don't have anybody it. calling offering me radio jobs because I'm actually really <laughs> shitty at it. <laughs> they don't offer me radio oh, jobs. You're, either,
8: you're so. Fantastic, dog.
1: Thank you very much. Take care, you're, Emil. You're great. You too. Bye.
0: God, why do I have to work with Doug now? He's been called wonderful and great. That's all I
3: need. You know so. <laughs> this really. Uh, I'm kind of bummed out. I mean, <laughs> why? I, well, I, I always told people that you know happiness was Doug Sprinthal pulling into my driveway. Yeah, because yeah, you know he would true. he would pick me up on the way. But yep. But I mean, this is. I Thursday was the day I always looked forward to because uh, I yep. I I've just loved doing this thing. It was so funny. When,
1: when did I, you started? What eight or nine months ago when we got this idea? And Mike says, you know, I just I, I'd love to do it, but I just I don't like to drive. And I said, well, how about if I go the extra mile, almost literally, <laughs> literally, yeah, three quarters of a mile, and I'll pick you up. And you were like incredulous that somebody would do that. Like, dude, it's
4: yeah, it's fine.
3: No, it's great. So, yeah, and and yeah. now I have to drive myself, and some days it's fine, and some days it's a little scary. Yeah, but. Um, but it is a three-minute drive, so I really can't complain. But, Get
1: Brittany to pick you up.
3: Oh, she probably would. Yeah, but she I, would.
1: But I have to. You'd just wear earplugs. You'll be fine.
3: Yeah, but I'd also have to then set my alarm <laughs> for like 6 oh. o'clock in the morning. She could duck out for a segment. Yeah, she could, she could. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And we are back with stretches picks.
3: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. Visit SaberHeating.com. No, but I mean, this has been a, it's just been so much fun. It has been fun. I've And Fred, like I said. Screw you for doing this. I'm sorry, this was not my idea. You had to go and, and, well, I guess maybe then I can't blame you.
0: <laughs> he ruined everything, Mike. he yeah, ruined everything. He really did. Yeah. All right, well, God. Well, you
3: made a written. fortune in the business. Why don't you just keep, uh, you know, do an ad for yourself?
1: Uh, uh, let's tune in and hear what's new with <laughs> Doug. Yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> Well, it sounds like an SNL dealership.
1: bit. No, I, I don't have the money or the time or patience. It's, but uh, other the car than business that. has changed. You know, <laughs> it, it's really, yeah, other than that, I'm perfectly qualified. And I could play in the NBA too. But, you know, I was talking about this with a car buddy of mine. It wasn't that long ago, and I, by that I mean about 55 years or so, that other than the big three, you could get uh, automotive franchises for basically free. When the Japanese yeah, came yep. to the U.S. in the 60s, they're how would you like to be a Honda dealer? In fact, I'll wow. tell a story about Rudy Luther, the founder of Luther Automotive, who's passed away. He uh, had a GM that was running a Pontiac store out in California in the 60s. And the general manager called and said, hey, I got another deal. Uh, we're going we're gonna to sell Hondas. And Rudy's like... We're not selling motorcycles. Those things are death traps. They're terrible. And he goes, No, no, no. They're making. They're going to make cars now. And he goes, Honda's going to make cars? Yeah. So all right. Well, we'll try it out. And they would get them for free. So now there's so much money involved in the automobile business. You'll see uh, companies like Walzer, and then there's actually really large public ones, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, bought the Van Tile organizations, 150 car dealerships. Hmm. The the economies of scale are so massive that it's really, really difficult for a, a single owner-operator to make it in in, in in the car business. So that and I'm lazy. I don't want to work 15 hours a day anymore, which is about what it takes to run one of these things.
0: I still think you ought to go to work. or You should buy a dealership with Jim Paul. Jim's a good guy. He is a good guy. He's really fun. He is. He's a great guy. I used to hang around with him all the time. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky to work for some really, really good bosses
1: yep. uh, in my career. And Ted Turp was one of them, and he and Jim Paul were are two peas in the pot. I mean, you could get in a lot of trouble with those two.
0: Oh, I remember getting in a lot of trouble with uh, with Jim Paul, but it was all good. Yeah. Uh, Craig Weiss had to be thrown into that argument as well because he's the one that stirred the pot more than any living human. Yeah. Gelfand, you remember that
3: oh waste fantastic I worked I did a lot of work for for Weiss. he was like the one guy I could always count on because he did such quirky advertising yes and yes. so he's you know he liked my quirky voice and he would you know and, and he was real upfront he'd say Mike I, I don't think you can do this spot because it requires talent <laughs> <laughs> and I would laugh That's because I, I he was basically right
1: Jim Paul no, took a didn't. shot at us once about 10 or 50 years ago, he did a he, d- he used to do a lot of radio commercials, and he would go after Wally yeah. McCarthy all the time. It's like Wally Mar- McCarthy margin Oli watching TV. Oh, yeah, we're watching TV, and there comes one of them car guys walking through the lot, and he's got a sweater on. Oh, look, they've got cars for sale, apparently. Well, he did one. He took a shot at us, and he goes, you know, you really want to buy a car from a professional, not some 19-year-old kid that looks like he just combed his hair with a balloon.
4: <laughs> General
1: Motors made him yank the ad and he called me goes you guys weren't mad about that and i said jim i thought it was funnier than shit (laughs) It was a great ad and it was right when we went to get away from commissions and went to one person selling and we're paying on salaries and and our our sales force became a lot younger at that point so it was i thought it was really a funny spot
0: we got 15 minutes left to go so like i said it just I, Doug, I just don't think this is going to be the last show we ever do. I think something's going to get worked out, whether it's... I don't know where the hell it's going to be, but uh, at your next spot, I think we're going to end up working together again. And it, well, first of all, we're going to be friends forever, yeah. so that part's just a lock. But I'd l- I love working with you because you're very even keel about things, as most people. Uh, one thing I really do not like about some people is when one person is an expert at everything, it's like, oh, okay so you're an expert and you know how to do that yeah you guys have never been that way and that's i love that there's no question about it but you know look I, there's the gratitude part of it how how many if i 15 years ago went and said yeah there's this company's going to hire me and I'm going to host uh, these uh these commercials by this other guy who works for them and it's going to run for 15 years and everybody's going to be very happy about it and the owner at one point is going to go up and say You you guys ever mess with Tom Bernard, you're fired? Which he actually did say. Paul did say that in a marketing (laughs) meeting about eight or nine
1: years ago. Eighty-nine years ago, And then he stopped and walked out of the room and came back and said, I'm not fucking kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So why wouldn't I want to work for a guy like Paul Walter? Now, Doug, I will tell you seriously, people love the spots. They love the fact that you and I are such good friends. Paul was nothing but support. Everybody, everyone over at Walzer was a a great supporter of what we did. And all good things must come to an end, I guess.
1: You know, the whole strategy was to actually not advertise. It was just to become the voice of the the company. Because people are intimidated by car dealers. Let's face it. We don't have a great reputation. Um, But if they felt like, okay, these guys are at least... Sound like they're not terrible. <laughs> I think, I, and if I have to buy a car, I, I'm going to give them a shot. And it worked an amazingly well. That was well. brilliant.
3: And, and it was Absolutely honest. brilliant. Yeah.
6: And we have b- Wendy on the phone now. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy.
9: Afternoon. How are you all today?
1: We're about to start drinking. Do you want to come by? <laughs> well,
9: you know, I'm, I'm hanging out in my basement so I can start here when without you guys too
4: Bombs away.
9: My, my work will be real interesting this afternoon if I do that. But, um, but you know, honestly, I think, Doug, you've done such a good job and you know, the car selling secrets. Who says that you can't, like, retool that podcast, you know, retool your podcast and actually come up with something successful on your own? And it doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have to be quote-unquote car selling secrets, but you can, but car selling secrets wasn't always about cars. Yeah, rarely.
1: Cars. It rarely was. That was the joke. <laughs> well, it's like the Seinfeld right. of podcasts. It's a show you know, about and nothing. I, hey, Wendy, I, I, I appreciate that, and I've actually thought about it, but... At this point, I need to. Say, I'm still a big fan of receiving biweekly checks that I can deposit in the bank. <laughs> so I have to figure out somebody that's going to be fool enough, foolish enough to sign them. And if the, and then there, if God, I can't even talk. If there's time left over and I could do that, I I would. Of course, Tom would be the first call. And then, but I just don't know what that looks like right now. So
9: uh, I totally understand because you know the biweekly paychecks and the health insurance are are definitely something that's a a non-negotiable. I mean, if it weren't for that, I'd have like a show on Food Network now. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, by the way, thanks for posting all those, uh, those food pictures on Facebook. I, every time I look at your recipes, my heart starts to tighten. <laughs> Wendy's, Wendy's a wonderful cook, for those that don't, don't know her. And
9: sometimes when I post just like that, as I'm hitting the post button, I think, and Doug Sprinthal. <laughs> this is for you, Doug. We're going to
1: kill him. One bar of cream cheese at a time.
9: You know, I got to tell you though, my last one wasn't bad. You know, the the St. Patrick's Day dinner with the corned beef and uh, corned beef and Brussels sprouts and baby potatoes and the blueberry cobbler—that wasn't bad.
3: Yeah, no, that's great. I don't know about the corned beef though. You're appropriating my culture. Yes, Sorry. Are there
1: any Jewish Irish people?
3: Uh, At least one. Well, remember the mayor of Dublin was Jewish. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Huh.
9: Yeah, you know, it, it's every time I see somebody with uh, that's like eating brats, it's like, dude, I'm part German, I don't want to hear cultural appropriation come out of your mouth because you can't eat that brat anymore.
1: Anyway, Wendy, thanks for taking the time to call in. It's uh, we'll still be in contact on Facebook, and and oh, who yeah, knows, sure. if something might work out and one might come back doing exactly what you're talking about, but. Right yeah, now, yeah. you're right, health insurance and income are important. We're working on the COBRA right now, and that's that's frightening.
9: Uh, oh. well, you know, you uh, you have a great cadence. You have a lot of people you know that can be guests. And, you know, of course, you have a, a fabulous person that could, like, put you in line in his podcast network, <laughs> Tom. Um
1: well, <laughs> like, you, and, know you know, we've told this story before, but it's been a long time. So the initial idea of this show was actually Dave Mortal. He said, hey, let's do a podcast because he's, he's a Shade Tree mechanic and a professional comedian. I'm thinking, well, it actually could be kind of fun. And so I talked to Tom, and he goes, yeah, you could, you know, we'll, we'll uh, syndicate it on Thursdays or whatever, whatever you want to do. Well, two weeks before we're supposed to do the first one, Mordahl remembers that he has emphysema and he really can't work anymore, and so he calls up and says he can't do it. So I'm like, God, that's, that's really too bad. So I called Tom. I said, yeah, podcast is off. And he goes, why? would happen? And I told him, and he goes, and I said, I, I, I know that I'm not good enough to do this on my own. Nobody wants to listen to a car salesman with a USB mic and a computer in their basement. It's just, it's right. like the, if there's only one station left in the world, nobody would listen to it. I said, I need a sidekick. Do you know anybody else that could do it? Tom goes, well, how about me? I said, well, <laughs> let me, I'll have my people get back to you. So
0: Yeah, yeah, great. And I
1: remember one of our first guests, he's been on multiple times, a good friend of mine. He runs Walzer's Hyundai store up in the, uh, Brooklyn Center, came in, and I invited him to be on the podcast. And afterwards, uh, we're hanging out in the parking lot, and he goes, Doug, I gotta tell. I gotta apologize. I wasn't really paying attention when you invited me on the podcast. I thought you maybe had two or three listeners, and I walk in the studio, and there's fucking Tom Bernard. He, <laughs> he didn't know that you were on the show. And he goes, "Holy shit!" So. It was I gotta fun. Tell, I've learned a lot about. I've learned a lot about cars listening to you cause,
4: you know I'm. I'm not exactly the
9: knowledgeable car chick, but. I really actually have learned a lot more
1: about cars listening. Well, that's to you. cool. So it actually works. See, we do some car content. Wendy, thanks, thanks very definitely. much for your support and calling in, and and uh, stay in touch.
9: Absolutely, and good luck to whatever on um, whatever's next.
1: Thank you very much.
9: Bye. Okay.
0: Magnificent. <clears throat> uh, just got a text message from another listener. Has a pretty good idea. Now, Doug, you'd know a lot more more about this than I do. Said because the podcast, like I said this morning, got a text message from a guy in Costa Rica who's down there hanging out, has been a listener for 25 years. He said, because it's a worldwide uh, show now, why don't you go outside the market and do commercials for all these other outlying areas around the five-state area, basically, is where you start? He said, you guys should do car selling secrets and syndicate it on all these radio stations throughout the Midwest. Gee, if you only happen to work for uh, one of the
1: largest uh, broadcasting companies in the country, maybe they could handle
4: that for us.
0: I'm telling you, Doug, we, I don't think it's that bad an idea. We could send it, and it'd be on this show anyway, so you cover the, the Minneapolis-St. Paul market. But they said you should just go back on, you know, get back on the radio like you were in outer markets, of course oh well bob layton up in saint cloud he owns a bunch of i bet you he'd i bet you he'd carry the show hmm. I, matter of fact i guarantee he'd carry the show
1: well i would love to do that it's uh obviously it would be just kind of a dream gig so
0: well i'll get to work on it and thank you for, to the listener for coming i didn't even think about that the fact that this show is listened to all around the world anyway because it's a podcast that we should go some outer market stuff and hey the St. Clouds and the Fargos and the uh, Alexandrias and all that stuff. I, I'm telling you, I think, I think if you want to put together a show and give it a whirl, I bet you it would work. Only if Mike does it. i mean Only in. if all Mike right. will be. I, on.
1: I, I will tell you that was. I, I, I think it was a big part of the success of the show in the last year was having Mike come in on Thursdays, and it was, it was just wonderful to get to know him. And
3: it's been great. I mean, I, you know, and I, I hate to. sound too saccharine but no i I always i mean i I always look forward to thursdays you know and now thursdays are even better because i get to do two podcasts and one of them's with tom and the other one's with tom and you so um i'm gonna miss it and and i want to thank you for you know letting me be a part of it you know what you need to do you need to get a hold of ebert's though Ebert's could sell something like this in a minute.
1: He can't close an open face
3: sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, there you go. It's
0: a, a salesman slam. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I, I, I don't know why I didn't think of that. It's like, just take car selling secrets and syndicate it. Yeah. All it's right. Not a bad idea, Dougie. I'm telling to, you. let's you do it.
1: Pat, get to work. Yeah, um, Pat, so, get this off is your not ass. the final car selling secrets, apparently. There might be a little hiatus, but we'll see what happens. You know what I'm, I'm really mad about though? Hmm. What? Nobody called in to talk about Sarah doing uh, that Ray Charles cover. Not one. And I
3: missed call. it because. I know. My and you're the, guy went you're out. the only guy that had heard it before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it. That was so funny. It you know, reminds me of the last band that I played in. I, I, qu- I played with them for five years and I quit. Because I knew I was going to become a father. And I'm like, I'm not coming home at 3 in the morning, working all day. And you know, so, and I let the band know. And the last gig, all of our fans showed up. We were playing on the river, um, St. Paul Park, I think. Uh, so there was 150 people there. And we are just having a great night. And we've got all this stuff planned. Thunderstorm rolls in about 10 o'clock, kills the power. And that was the end of it. <laughs> like, talk about Whoops. the anticlimactic. So.
3: You know, fatherhood has killed more bands than, than even drugs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I,
1: you know, I, I don't regret that decision. No, at no, all.
3: I, I'm sure you don't.
1: And now that I still, I'm, I'm starting to play uh, again. Actually, one of the guys that's been on the show, Jim Stairs, and I have become really good friends. He he was a cab driver when we did the right. cab driver. Oh, sure.
4: Episode.
3: Yeah, it was great having him on. He's yeah, a
1: really good guitar player, and he runs an open stage blues jam at the VFW on Sunday, and it's been my like bowling night. Go, I, my Sarah goes. You just, I'm not going. You, this is your deal. So we go up there and you know play for an hour or two and with all these different maniacs and it's been, it it's been really fun and it got me thinking about well, maybe I should start playing again but, you know, getting home at three in the morning has it, it didn't have much appeal at forty at sixty four it's got practically zero.
0: You know you got to remember one thing. Once again, Joe Sussure leading the leading the parade because Joe's a year older than I am. So you're a youth compared to Joe and me. So it, uh, there is no <laughs> Mike Gelfand is uh, about the same age as Joe Sussure. There's no end to this crap anymore. Uh, By I, crap, I, I mean I agree stuff. with that.
1: Although I do remember one of the f- my favorite podcasts things that happened actually wasn't on the show. It was in the psychic thought that I was your son.
4: Yes.
0: <laughs> Echo Bodine came in and said, Tom, is this your son? I was like, oh, for Christ's sake. The guy's like six years younger than me. Thank you. Which really really doesn't say it. a lot about your psychic
6: skills. <laughs> you know you what? Know,
3: uh, you know, well, Sushir, yeah. Sushiri and I, of course, uh, we we both worked for the, for the Tribune at the same time. Right. And uh, I always wonder whatever happened to him. Oh,
4: God, listen (laughs) to you.
0: You're a pain in the ass. Unbelievable. Uh, But I tell you what, I'll talk to Pat about this. We'll get to work on it because I know a couple other people that uh – you know, John Olson and people like that that sell shows. So I, I'm telling you, I think this listener has a great idea mm-hmm. that, that you go in these other markets and you do their commercials for them. And then once in a while you pop one on Car Selling Secrets. You can't run them every day on Car Selling Secrets every week, I yeah. mean. But you could rotate them. Yeah. But we, I think doing their commercials, I why well, the hell wouldn't they? Just and don't overcharge for them. That's
3: it. And I want to say this. I would do it for free. Although I would want points, points would be good.
0: (laughs) Points would be good. Andy, what do you think? You're you're the right age to you
6: know to know this. Do you think that would work? I think it could work as long as it's done properly. Oh,
0: now
1: that's a big caveat right (laughs) there. Screwed. (laughs) Doug and I are never mind.
0: See us. We could we'll never be able to do that right we're out of the mix great idea though that's why i love our listeners because they have great ideas no question all right i want to wrap it up with
1: the other song that i brought in so before we start this this is a remake of uh there's a band in the early 90s called blind melon and this is their big hit called no rain and you, you probably heard it before all I can see is that my life is very strange. Mm. Yep. And I always Love liked the song. tune. Sadly, the, the guy who was the front man and wrote the song died of a heroin overdose within a year or two of that coming out. Um, and But Sarah wanted to cover it. I'm like, okay, but we can't do a straight cover. We gotta, Let's do it like a rockabilly tune. Also, it, the song has no bridge, so I'm going to write a bridge for it. And then I started listening to the song, and it's really, it's a very moving song. It's about uh, somebody battling with depression when you listen to the lyrics. So uh, I'm not battling with depression. I know my good friend here, Mike, uh, that's been a drag, and he's fought most of his life. But here's a rockabilly uh, cover by me and Sarah of a song that was popular a long time ago. Thank you very much for everybody that called in and the text messages that has just been streaming in. Maybe uh, this isn't the end. This is just the end of this chapter. It's been yep. so much fun. I've just, I just I love all you guys. That the fact that you actually that I got to do this was is just unbelievable. So go ahead and roll it, Andy. We're out of here.